0: Material for the Brain Conversations for Thinking Bodies Hello and welcome to Material for the Brain podcast. My guest for today's episode is Nita Little, a dance pioneer whose work had an international impact and changed the course of dance history. Nita is a performer, teacher, choreographer, scholar, and a theorist. She is one of the founders of Contact Improvisation and in the last 50 years has been touring the globe to teach and share her research on what she calls relational intelligence. Nita holds a PhD in Performance Studies and her writing investigates ecological action of tactile attention and the creative potential present in entangled relations. In 2016, she initiated a global project, the Institute for the Study of Somatic Communication, which is populated by dance researchers working in ensembles together with researchers from a variety of science and humanity-based disciplines. I met Nita in 2014 at the Austrian Contact Festival. I was very impressed by her genuine interest in research and discovery, which was especially impressive due to the fact that she has already been doing it for so many years. Since then, I have met her on several occasions and have always enjoyed conversing and sharing studio time with her. It was such an honor to speak to Nita since the legacy of her work had such a profound effect on my life. Having the opportunity to share more time with her was very special for me, and I hope that you would appreciate the conversation we had. Hello, Nita. Welcome to my podcast. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you, Matan. It's nice to see you.
0: It's really nice to see you, and I'm very honored by uh, the fact that you joined me here. It's really great to host you. Thank you. And I'm so excited of having this conversation that I have a bit of a you know, faster heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> a moment of honesty. Uh, how's it going? What, what, where are you? What are you doing now? How's it, how life with all this craziness that we are all going through? The
1: COVID moment. Uh, it's a really interesting time. I am um, personally, I live north of Seattle. So that's where I'm speaking from. Um, I am um, working. I'm doing work, a lot of work online. I'm doing two kinds of work. One is um, teaching online. So I have a class that I call um, uh, Relational Intelligence at Home. When I was doing a lot of touring prior to, to COVID, um, the, um, I, I was teaching um, workshops often on on relational intelligence. Others were on rewilding attention, other you know, things that were um, asking people to um, really deeply consider what they were doing when they're moving. These are movement courses, always movement, always about relationship, always about how are you being a human being? What does it mean to you? And they are based in contact. So, yeah, we can't do contact with one another so much, but we can sure do contact with our worlds. Actually, one of the more recent classes I was teaching um, was uh, a co-teaching at Impulstance with uh, Kerstin Kussmael. And we taught a class called also also... Uh, also dancing, intimacy with the inhuman. So we were thinking about how is it that we are human and uh, non-human and inhuman, all of those variations more than human. Um, And that really was a great setup for stepping into this moment.
0: Hmm. So, but it, was it before the the disc well, co teaching was, a, it was,
1: was... A year and a half before COVID hit? Okay. Um. So. So it
0: was in present. It was not online because it immediately yeah, provoked that's... me to think that it was some kind of a reaction to you know the non human. I'm thinking about us communicating through this no. non human.
1: No, I've been really interested interface. in the in the, in the more than human, and in our relations. Um, uh, environmentally, our relations with yeah the humans, our relations with um, our worlds, and now with our intimate worlds—the worlds in which we live, the houses, the places, the the objects, the the um, um, landscapes—so uh, these things um, are interest really interesting to me. And in terms of the human to human relationship. I have always been very interested in the mind. So I'm, I, I'm kind of in co- this COVID moment, reawakening my coaching, which I did bef- a, a lot of before um, getting a PhD. And um, I wanted to go back to look at that element of what is, the, what is it that the mind does that creates our reality? Because understanding that helps me to understand a great deal about how we compose the human and so i've been getting back into that material it's really thrilling doing coaching is so fun um so that's also helping me survive this non touring non dancing moment staying intimate with people really deeply intimate with people
0: it's it's it sounds good to keep oneself busy and and yeah I- <laughs> I mean you already provoked so many things from this just few things that you've shared but before we dive into your work and to many things that i want to discuss with you for the sake of including also some people who are listening that will that maybe are a bit less familiar with who you are and like and what have you been doing in the last i don't know how many years but many years <laughs> could you <laughs> maybe share a little bit you know like uh your history the kind of significant moment that brought you to surely, to the present moment?
1: Surely. So I was a little girl who knew she was a dancer when I was like five years old, four years old, three years old. I don't know. I was always dancing. And then when I was a, uh, I think I was 11 or 12, I insisted on going to a dance camp, which I, I did during the summers. And there I knew for certain that I was a dancer. I wrote my grandfather in sobbing that I was not a normal person, that I was a dancer. (laughs) 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 And then I went to college for dance. Um, um, Well, I worked with José Limón, actually, um, during summers. And with some extraordinary people in from Graham, from Lamone, from um, all from Cunningham. And um, so I had as a modern dancer, and that was my trajectory. As a modern dancer, I had fabulous training. Then I went to college in um, and continued fabulous training, working with um, with Judith Dunn and and um, who it was married to Robert Dunn who is one of the very, very important kind of postmodern people involved in Judson, the Judson Church Project, which if anyone knows dance history is a really key moment. And um, of turning from modernism into postmodernism, which we now seem to be continuing, but edging out of. Um, And the... um, the inter- then uh, it, it, when I was in college, I met Steve Paxton, and um, this was prior to contact improvisation, that dance form that now has taken over the world as a and and really invested itself into almost all dance forms, um, uh, Western based dance forms. I'm talking about ballet and and contemporary dance um, and modern dance forms. All of these dance forms um, in, are inclusive of contact improvisation. The materials, the understanding, the the gender balance, the physicality of females acting with males—all of that really was was profoundly influenced by contact improv. Um, also influenced by Pilobolus, which was a very different, uh, which was visually provoked. Contact is. Um, at that time, was really movement-provoked, not a visual form. And it never really became a really fabulous visual form. Why? Because we're invested in this information that is an exchange between dancers, which is an interiority. So in many ways, the best audience, and I'm quoting now um, a professor of mine, Lynette Hunter, when I was getting my PhD, maybe 10 years ago, she said something that was right on the mark, which is the best audience for contact improvisation is the dancer, the dancers themselves. They, they are deeply immersed and understand what's happening and what is so extraordinarily beautiful in each moment. The viewers are looking at amazing movement, but it's, on the in within the interiority that extraordinary things are happening which is a good reason for people to dance <laughs> because it's on the, in the the extraordinary action is on the inside so um anyway So then I met uh, Steve prior to contact and um, we got into, um, I won't go through all of that history, but from that uh, meeting um, we ended up going to working um, on pre-contact and then eventually in that time contact got its name. And then we taught it to people at the Judson, I mean, um, at, sorry, um, at the John Weber Gallery in New York, and it became. We started touring it. People started picking it up, and it started to have a life of its own. And in that life, Nancy Stark Smith was um, a part of our touring, and she started the, the quarterly. And the quarterly helped connect people. It was a fabulous tool for every all of us becoming a web. So, um, and then I spent years. Um, of running around teaching and and touring, then I had a family. Then I went um, then i um, I had always since the early days been interested. I mean when early days when at Bennington College, when I was working initially with Steve, I was very interested in the relationship between the mind and the body, and how it was what we were paying attention to really mattered. In terms of what we could do and what we got because i was a modern dancer and my attention in modern dance was really embodied attention was totally different than in contact and i initially had to resolve these two issues the mind that could do contact and the mind that could do contemporary dance not the same how does it work and it took me probably 10 years to figure out, but it awoke this whole understanding in me that, um, that then penetrated the rest of my life, caused me to have to go to um, get a PhD because I had learned so much from dancing. I mean, dancing had taught me so much that wasn't present in the culture as knowledge that I felt as though I should be, I should learn what else was known so I could communicate to people well. And um, got the PhD, um, I guess, uh, about eight years ago, I got that PhD. And now I, um, you know, continue with joy touring as I have for many years. And um, teaching, making work I'm a choreographer as well as a oh one of the classes I'm teaching right now is on composing emergence it's a composition class for dancers and it's really exciting because it's really looking at how do you create emergence how do you provoke what you don't know to emerge and to become something tangible something you can work with and doing that in um composition it's great. So that not thinking of composition as just a making, everything is made any more than you think of a contact improv dance as a making. It's an emerging. And contact is an emergence between two people. It's provoked by relationship, same with composition.
0: Hmm. First, I, I, I I must tell you one feedback. It's so exciting to see how excited you are about the things you're doing. And that's something that I, (laughs) you know, I think we met uh, first time in the Austrian contact improvisation festival Yeah, that I was part of the organizational team this in that year. And that's what struck me the most with you. I think that for some people, it was a little bit even shocking to see how energetic and excited you are, you know, because I think there is something that. Many people who are nowadays attracted to contact improvisation are looking for this kind of ease, and I would say almost sometimes numb, oh, <laughs> like this kind
1: <laughs> for me. For mellow, me, so. mellow, mellow.
0: Yeah, you know, like c- cuddly, comfortable, oh, yeah. Yeah, lay, you know, like laid back, non-effort. Yeah. And suddenly to see somebody who is whose their energy in the room is a little bit like popcorn was, <laughs> for me was super exciting, and I was so happy to actually attend your classes and to get to, to learn from you and to know. And so, yeah, so this is like what I'm also experiencing now, even through the medium of verbal conversation with you. And that's amazing.
1: Well, I have to tell you, I I was raised with two brothers and we were, we were physically fighting all the time. I mean, on the floor, thrashing, you know? Um, Who was
0: the older one?
1: I was in the middle. Okay. An older brother and a younger brother. So You know, I had to be physically ready. Um, And um, that has a lot to do with my relationship with contact improvisation. So when I first met Steve, um, Steve said, well, let me take you into a studio and show you how not to get bruised. Because, of course, I was dancing. I was doing a dance piece. I had composed something with a male dancer a young guy who didn't really do much dance who didn't who was new at to dancing and i was i was getting you know i was doing things i didn't physically yet know how to do so i was getting bruised all over. <laughs> <laughs> so i uh, you know and those early early days of contact we didn't know what we were doing we were throwing ourselves into the air and you know without hardly even a prayer to say, where's this going to go? And w- but with the belief that we would be able to resolve it somehow. And that has, that has a lot to do with what we're going to be talking about right now. Yesterday, I just taught a class that I really, it was so exciting to me. It was so provocative to me. And the class was on um, the relationship between the conscious and the subconscious. When you're moving, when you're dancing, when you're doing what you're doing. And and that being able to feel that edge, that edge of between what you know and what you could be coming to know, but what you already know in the subconscious, but you don't know it. You don't know it um, consciously, and how critical it is for us as dancers, and perhaps as people living in a world. I'm just going to put that out. That for us to understand that edge, and to empower to give to give authority to our subconscious to move to be to m- be able to move our bodies to be able the subconscious can move me when I'm dancing contact and I'm doing fast work I give great authority to my subconscious and oh. guess what it works <laughs> so yeah, that's can, where the pop can identify comes from. with
0: that yeah, I, I love the popcorn. Uh, I want to uh, start asking you some things that I'm interested yeah. addressing in this in this format that we are sharing. Sure. And and one thing that I'm 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 interested is that when I met you, and also when I was going through the some text that you've been sending me, mm. there was a word that caught my attention describing contact improvisation as a research into
1: practice
0: okay yeah uh, i hope i pronounce it correct absolutely and, and and for me that's something that was kind of very clear when i studied contact improvisation because i i, I felt that that you cannot study it without uh, uh um Without research quality into into your investigation, it's not like a it's not information that you just pile it's something that you really need to have an attentive mind to actually understand and and on the other hand, and this is something that always blow my mind that now like you you guys did this ex- wild experimentation there, and now you know there is all this you know, this festival where people sell contact pants, and that was coming out of some kind of artistic research. And you know, and, and I've, I've heard one teacher that I wouldn't name here that told me in relation to you, yeah, Nita, Nita is not really teaching contact improvisation. <laughs> so there is this process of codification of what contact should be or what is the real contact or lo- all this kind of conversation that I'm not so much interested in because for me, contact was always, my question about contact was what contact can become versus like, how can I preserve what contact was? What is your stand in relation to that?
1: Well, I'm probably one of the most um, persistent, consistent contact improv teachers that believes absolutely, that understands, that comes from what what the, the core values of contact are. And so all my work comes from those core values.
0: And what are those core values?
1: Well, you mentioned research. I just wrote a, a paper, I think I sent it to you, um, on the fact that that inquiry into, into what this is, that we can do when we are in contact, when we are connected, when we are physically um, involved, what that can be is um, requires research there i could you know there are people right now who teach contact as a series of pathways they teach people to do it this way and that way and and if you if you do this kind of role then you do it in this particular way with this person and that is not really contact contact in fact in the early early inquiry of contact, we would say, ah, that's a number 52. We would give numbers to things that were repeated, pathways that were repeated, with the intention of, of, of not being, becoming highly skillful at those pathways, but with the intention of realizing we had just repeated ourselves, and why repeat? because we were interested in what could not be repeated. What what did you have to find that you had never found before? And to do that, you had to inquire. And so that value of repetition is actually not contact. Not as we initially did it, performed it, produced it, and, and taught it for many years. So of course, in the teaching of what contact was, we had to teach how to inquire. And when there are people teaching contact without that element of deep research and understanding, not only, not only in a general sense, but in the very specific sense of a millisecond of inquiry, you're in a dance and your mind is asking you're attending to what is known and what is not known, what is not understood yet, and you're highlighting the what's not known, not just the what is known. Okay, I have a, a, a short follow-up question because it's
0: <laughs> I love contact, but I, I I think I've I've never identified myself so much with the form for many reasons and and i've also always kept my myself exposed to different ways of teaching movement and and one similar word that i've been quite uh, busy with is the word of brazilian jiu-jitsu that similarly to contact improvisation is a form where it is, is, a, is a martial art so there is conflict it's not a collaboration right. i mean of course it is a collaboration but the collaboration is about conflict mm. But the 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 premises is very similar. We use physical touch in order to manipulate, control, and inhibit movement, which I would say is like kind of the opposite application of what is happening in contact. Exactly. And of course, in Jiu-Jitsu, repetition is highly valued because you want to become as sufficient and clear with your techniques. And so I wonder when you were saying about uh, the... That the spirit is not to repeat is so. What is it there for you? Why do you have this quest, or why did you have this quest?
1: So let me give you a little. Let me give you a little bit of background, okay? Because this is history. This is dance history. I'm giving you. Steve was a member of a dance company that included Yvonne Rainer and Trisha Brown and all of these, you know, these dance greats, and. That company, the Grand Union, was the first dance improvisation company. And its whole project was to not repeat anything. And it was very controversial. Because dance was supposed to be about excellence and, and, and being able to uh, repeat something with perfection at that point that wasn't their interest at all. They had a completely different interest about dance. So we go into contact improvisation. Here, this value starts to show up in contact improvisation. When you have that value, what you start to understand is there is so much that is not understood yet. That you are constantly entering new territory that has not been spoken of, not been understood yet, that, 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 need, that, that provokes possibilities that have not yet been um, revealed. So it's an act of revelation. So what I love about contact and the value that I have with contact improvisation is not that I can, when, in, when I'm dancing with you, Matan, not that I can cue you that we could do this particular cool move and then we do the cool move it's not a whole interior set of queuing that's happening between two people it is a conversation uh, that is happening on a level in which when it's really great it is a state of communion in which I'm inside your whole physicality so that as soon as you know something is happening, I know it's happening. You're not telling me, oh, I want to do this because I'm faster than that. By the time you realize you want to do a this, I'm already there. And why am I already there? Because I'm asking what's happening here in matan what is matan what is this body i also am i have not separated myself from you i am not i am now dancing with you anita matan i'm not anita dancing with matan i have done this practice and taught my 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 flesh to inquire i've taught my fascia to meet your fascia and be asking what's going on what what do I need to know that's here, that is Matan's fascia? There is this deep level of inquiry that, that we are able to explore together so that what emerges between you and me, some of it will probably have culturally recognized forms, but... But what re, what is emerging is could never emerge anywhere else because of who you are and what your particular values are. Not just that you're not that you, just that your 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 body is different than mine, but also that is true. But also because how we speak to each other in that interiority is very different. The spirit of Matan, the spirit of Nida are are deeply entwined they are entangled what we use in technical words entangled
0: interesting and and okay so i wanna uh, speak it out loud to kind of see so what i get from it is that what you perceive as something that is in the heart in hardcore and of that research that that led you to many of other things that you've been doing is this inquiry of something that is not here yet something that we don't know which i would say that is kind of the essence of progressive thinking no like i want to inquire something that i don't know yet exactly but if we want to if we say like look because now that the scene is has changed no contact is not death anymore i mean i would say like maybe some aspect of contact is there but there's also a lot of other things so if we say like hey, guys, that's not contact. Contact is this progressive thing. We are taking a conservative stance <laughs> in relation to our progressive needs. And that's a little bit contradictory.
1: <laughs> and that's interesting, marvelous? no? Isn't it wonderful? I am the most, yeah. You know, I'm in some, many respects. I was going to say this earlier. I'm the most mm. conservative of all the contactors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, because you were there. Because when, when I was it started. there and
1: because I am true to that birth that it birthed something that now, how many, I mean, it didn't just birth movement. It didn't just birth people moving together and, and, and uh, touching. It didn't just birth um, uh, dancers experiencing physics on an interior in an interior way and learning to move with physics, not learning to move visually. What does it look like? But how do you immerse yourself in the physics so that you so that so that you are aligning with it, and that that's where the movement comes from. It doesn't come from a visual place. Hey, I could do a super duper wah wah, right? It, it, it's 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 deep in the physics. You throw yourself into the physics, and you go, well, this is going somewhere, <laughs> and. It, And it's an extraordinary joy to discover where it actually ends up. I don't dance knowing where I'm going to end up. That would bore the bejesus out of me. I am not born to repetition. I am born to disrupt repetition. Anyway, back to it. You had said something, and I'm losing it. Sorry, Matan.
0: No, it's fine. We are not in a rush.
1: You said, "What was the meat of your most recent question?"
0: No, about about is is it important to really in your mind to 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 take this conservative position in relation to the essence of contact, or or is it just or, or are you willing to let go and just see? Okay, look, it goes somewhere else than what we intended, and that's is it. And I'm not going to resist it because that's the progression. Of contact, even if to some extent the progression is regression from the values that you've.
1: So it is now a worldwide phenomenon, correct? And yet it has provoked many other marvelous things. Um, And yes, there is regression for me in many ways. And yet I really prefer. I have a choice to trust or to distrust. If you distrust this is like the old thing that happened in contact you choose to you choose to license something and regulate it and create um, um, codifications. If you're going to trust humanity, then you open it. And you say, let's see where this goes. What can happen here? And that's always going to mean that's, that if you look at water move, if you look at a stream, some of the water actually is going backwards. On the edges of that stream, it's moving backwards. It's moving opposite from the way that the stream is moving. And some of, the str- some of it is rushing forward. And some, you know, so water moves differently, and so does thought, and so does this practice. And I simply have to stay true to myself, and to give this kind of possibility to others when it's when it's possible. But but my purpose of living, and purpose of working in dance, and purpose of um, of doing. Co- Contact and anything that contact has provoked, such as my inquiry into attention, uh, the embodiment of attention. All of that is, the the preference I have is to continue the inquiry, not to get caught up in the history or the politics or any of that doesn't interest me. I'm interested in how can I be true, is to truth. Where's my truth with this? And my truth is in the profound excitement. Why am I excited? I'm excited because I am and always have been living in discovery of what has not yet come. And that, what a gift, I am a blessed person. It's a gift.
0: Yes, indeed. And it's also nice that you know, like, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 interesting because I think that for many people, life as a journey is about reducing the the unknown variables. <laughs> and and yeah, and yeah, I've, I I had a, I made a short solo episode about the topic of safety versus freedom, and I think that yeah, like for me, freedom is this is the is the ability to to exist in the unknown versus safety which is like the structures yeah
1: absolutely and yeah. <laughs> and and that is to appreciate complexity you have to appreciate complexity because when you go into places that are not known there's going to be a lot of information and you're not going to know how to put it together necessarily but there is this deep trust that within your being there is the knowing of how to do that. Let me return to this provocation and why I was so excited by yesterday's class. The, the, our attention can only hold seven to nine bits or quanta of information in any moment. The subconscious holds all the rest and it's huge. It's like an immense warehouse, packed with information, packed. We don't have access to it because it's subconscious, but we do have access, it's actually right here. And if you feel it right here, and you can start to trust it, it can start to work for you. If you give it authority, it starts to speak. And suddenly you have access to so much more The subconscious is highly complex. The conscious is constantly reductive. So if you're going to deal with freedom, you have to deal with and trust the fact that you also are built to contain a, an immense amount and you have access to it. The more cultured and heres here's my real kick the more culture individ- individuates you tell you tells you you are alone you are singular you. The most important thing is to reduce and make it simple. The more you do that, the less freedom you will actually have and the less free you will be. So do we love simplicity? When somebody, when an artist creates something that in one moment and in one action absolutely encapsulates something that is highly complex, that is exquisite and beautiful. But it is a reading of that huge complexity that makes it beautiful. It's not the fact that it's just simple. We do both.
0: Yeah, I, I, have, I, ha- I had quite recently some, some experiences, and I think that it's also so, something that is definitely going to boom our culture in the next 10 years, I'm sure, is like the work with psychedelics that is coming back on a medical and scientific level, but also on a, you know this kind of um, underculture of uh, um, ceremonies and this. And, and definitely I can relate from an experiential level on the power of the subconscious and what happens when you do have access to it. It's like, you know, in, I felt that in one weekend I've done work of, I don't know, 10 years of psychotherapy. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating, but it was amazing Like how much I could, I could clean from things that are not necessary and holding back and and you know and that's something that you know i mean you've also mentioned the word that like you know singularity and 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 your interest in contact about coming out of that and that's something that i can i can really relate to on the on the on the experiential level and maybe it can lead us also to kind of your work on attention is that when when I'm start, when I'm engaged in contact improvisation, and that's something that I can identify with the differentiation between doing contact or, like, let's say, being contact and and doing contemporary dance, cueing the the type of attention. And one thing that is, I would in my, I would say, is that in contact, it's not really possible not to be present and really do contact. Uh, if you're not present, there is just somebody rubbing your body. <laughs> so.
1: right you're right you're so right that's it (laughs) yeah
0: yeah somebody is is rubbing your body and you're some and you're just there
1: but yes but when i
0: do choreography yeah yeah, sorry when i when i do choreography i think it is possible because i like to not be 100 percent there and still get a satisfactory result and that's something that i'm i'm interesting to 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 inquire with you like so what is what what do you think is the significant thing that happens within CI exchanges in relation to, to our attention? And also like, what's the difference between attention and focus?
1: Uh, earlier you said between attention and awareness. Um, attention well. and focus is, 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 is an important question. Um, yeah. So I used to talk about the mind, but now I really very often talk about awareness. I mean, not awareness attention because attention requires a body and a mind. It's not possible to have attention without a body. And bodily felt attention is really profound. That's when you start to really have access to that subconscious mind. That subconscious, I mean, I will key you into to, um, if you have done psychedelics, how physical it can be. It's a physical experience, it's not just a mental experience. The mind body acts as one, and when it is acting as one, then you get a really interesting, then you start to have those fabulous insights and possibilities. So, um, um, okay, so attention, it's a big subject. um It is through dancing that attention became, that I became really in, involved in understanding um, what the potentials of the human are. And I realize that we as, a, as cultures are not living that potential. We are not acting on those potentials. In fact, what we think a human is, is highly politically determined. The politics of educating humans has been a reductive politics. Of how can uh, how can we create humans that will go into factories and work all day? Humans that will go into certain circumstances and subjugate their their better knowing to, to and 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 uh, the needs of the body. How do we create humans that will do those things? How do we create humans that actually believe they are individualized and individuated only that they are not the many? Let me tell you a story. When the colonists in the United States started to move West and started to take over Native American Indian territories. What they did was they disallowed, when they captured them, disallowed dancing in community, in whole communities, people moving together. And they didn't actually stop people from moving, from dancing. It was fine to create spectacle. Show me your greatest moves. You just can't move together. You can't move in coordinated relations. You cannot be in relations. We can look at you and see you as a beautiful mover but you cannot do that together with others. Why? Because if I can individuate you, I can conquer you. If you function as a single body, if you can function as a multiplicity, then you're dangerous. Let me take you to what, what contact dancers can know. When contact dancers can move, their own physical form as a multiplicity of experiences rather than as a single experience. Then they can understand and experience physics in motion. Then they can start to do this extraordinary dance together. As long as they're only experiencing themselves as a singular body, then they have to do the moves. They're not Getting the information from their interiority, from the very, very small they also are. And that's uh, Francisco Varela. I wanted to, t- I was looking up his name before because I wanted to say, tell you something that he once said, which is, uh, you know, he was the first person to start to really encapsulate and, and recognize. He was one of the first people. How incredibly important cognitive science is, the study of how we know as a physical being. And he said, it's as if bodies, which are all these mini lives, right? It's as if these bodies are composed of selfless beings, that are all moving together, right? He didn't say that, but I don't have his words completely. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but and, and so when we work as more than one, when we experience ourselves as more than one, we start having a power we never knew we had. And that's what contact taught me. And that's why everything I do, it comes from contact. I'm interested in what is the human that is powerful, that is, that is immersive, immersed in this dance of life, immersed with his, her environments, their environments. Who, what can a human be? Because the culturally determined human is so much less. And contact was born as a political action and it continues. Here's your politics.
0: Hmm. Nita, can I respond for some, for some things you Please said? Please do.
1: I'm, I'm, you just saw a hard part of mm. me. <laughs> I'm sorry, really. Uh,
0: no, no, no. F- first, you know, like, I'm happy to dive in that direction as well. But you said several things that I think that, yeah, f- for me, they are, they're a little bit hard to... To to hear without respond. So first you said like, you know, like I hear some kind of a critique, and you know, and and I think that it's a valid critique about individuality and maybe about let's say neoliberal politics that are pushing towards individuality. And you also use the word to the the word manufacturing people that will ta da da da. So it's already like that's something that i'm i'm you know it's a huge discussion that maybe it's not the place to really dive for it completely but you know there is a tension between culture and like the na- nature nurture debate you know and and i think it's not that obvious for me that you know that we are just a product of what our society tells us that we are and that's one thing that i think that is is there but the but the other thing that i that i want to point out because I think that nowadays I see you know like a, a backlash and like this attack on in, on on the notion of individuality that, and and I I do want to point out that I think that it's something that I've been contemplating also a lot and kind of came to, to this recent realization that first like it's it would be a shame to how you say in english to throw the baby with the baby with the baby water to
1: throw the, bath. Out the baby with the bath water
0: <laughs> yeah because I think that the, the, biggest, the biggest the biggest discovery with the notion of individuality is that, and I think that's the beauty side of it, is that each individual person has a value. But,
1: and that we can value
0: each individual person. And not disregard us as, as a group. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a very important thing not to... And I see that this is somehow something that many people are not really... But they are willing to throw away. And I, what do you think about that?
1: I think that both are necessary. It's not one over the other. It's both. It's a continuum. And what we want is the range. But what we have right now is so highly weighted towards the individual, we don't have access to the others. We, uh, it's not that one is better than the other. But what is an individual is really an incredible question. And it's one I love. And what I understand, and what I'm interested in gaining are the skills to be able to be an individual, absolutely, and be a multiplicity at the same time. And what we understand, we, 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 the problem with culture is culture has not offered the, the, the continuum Culture has offered only one area of that. And I'm saying, we need to open this baby up because it's too limited. And if we open it up, we will have incredible access.
0: Yeah, I think that with that, I, 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 can, I can follow. And like I, I would really agree with you that, uh, you know, and, and I mean, something that has changed in me recently is this kind of the, the, the maybe that the recognition, that the, the true power of individuality is recognizing that you are not that important, <laughs> and and from that base to to start expanding towards other others, and but that you do have that you do have a, a certain base of respons- responsibility and ability to respond, and that you are not just uh, you know a mere result of something that is. Pushing you away and you're like helpless, and I think that is something that is also very important to preserve within the we, before we completely dismantle individuality, is that we do have the capacity to respond to things. We do have the we do have the ability to shift our or, or let's say adjust our experiences. And I think that you know it's maybe that also can lead us to what you're talking about attention. That there is some kind of a process of negotiation there and i and i am active to something that i'm not in control or i'm i'm becoming aware to something that i'm not in control or i don't know maybe you can elaborate more about that because i think that there there is a certain tension that maybe kind of can reflect about your multiplicity just within yourself
1: right right so um When, when you hold the world always as this um, polarity, individual, multiple, then, then there is this really important negotiation that goes on. And um, w- w- one of the reasons why attention is so important is that attention can oscillate. It can do this and that this and that this and that and so the individual can be important and not at all important important and not at all important important and not at all and one of the things about attention that is so extraordinary is that it can do that that it can do that oscillation in a chunky way the way i just did important and not important But attention can oscillate very fast, too. This and that and this and that and this. And and it goes faster and faster. And when it goes really fast, it becomes one thing. And now you start to have variation in possibilities. Because that rhythm of this and that can go in lots and lots of different ways. It can go a little bit more this, a little bit more that, or less that. You know, so it starts to have rhythms within it. And when when it oscillates really, really fast, it becomes a whole new something. So instead of black and white, we start to have grays. Instead of yellow and green or yellow and blue, we start to have variations of green. And then you mix in a little bit of something else. And you start to have new colors. So the notion that um, we are solely one thing or the other, um, it's, as far as I'm concerned, a dance. And the question of value is what happens? What do you get when you do it this way? What happens when you do it that way? What do you want? How is it we have choice? And what do we want as a human race? So the possibilities, the way we describe phenomenon is determinative of what we get. Like we, this word responsibility. Karen Barad started calling it response ability. You know, response ability with a capital A or with a dash between those two words. Because it is that response ability that, that, that we think of as, oh, how can I be there? How can I show up? What is needed for me to have ability here? Not just I'm responsible for you, but what are the variations here? How is it what happens to you is happening to me? What are my possibilities? Where's freedom? Where's the complexity that gives me the most choice? So those that language changes everything. In contact improvisation, if I start training you to be a self that is inclusive when you're dancing with Matan, to be inclusive of Matan as a self, so your self now is yourself and Matan, and when Matan's dancing with you, Matan is becomes you to some degree. He has access to what's going on within you. In, a, commun- in a, a, a state of communion, doesn't mean that when you pull apart, you aren't separate beings, but the difference that I am becomes more informing to Matan than he can do by himself. And the same, your difference becomes a difference I am inclusive of. And, and when that kind of state happens, that kind of complexity happens in our relations, that means that um, our my response ability has increased profoundly. And that means I can take better care of you. And you can take better care of me. And I have no confusion, actually. I do not get, we're not talking about a state of losing myself in Matan or giving myself to Matan so that Matan is now what is the most important thing to me. What I have simply done is extend Nita into being a greater Nita. But that is in deep, and profound um, care, the value that I give to Nita, I have also extended wherever I go, into whatever territories I enter, for the purpose of being response able.
0: Hmm. You know, I'm I'm hearing your voice and and. Another point, I think, to look at the notion of individuality and distension, and I think this maybe comes across to me because of my background, you know, growing up in Israel, which is, uh, you know, a land of conflict, but but I think that, you know, like some inherited, I think, part of life is that not everything that we want happens to us, and sometimes that we we, we come into conflict with other beings. and And I think that another way to look at the emergence of the notion of individuality is survival instinct you know if i'm a if i'm a zebra and a and a panther is or maybe i don't know if a panther it's another continent but if if a lioness is is running after me if i don't have a notion of self why should i run away Okay, I can just be eaten and become part of you and it doesn't matter. I'm just But that's you know. a
1: very different kind of part of, isn't it? We're not talking the same thing. I'm not giving up my individuality when I am including, including it, when I'm dancing with you and you are included as an aspect of Nita in my knowing. I'm not giving up Nita. There is no giving up. There is only gain. So yes, if a panther is running towards me, hopefully because I have become um, because you know. Let me let, let me point out. I have one exercise that I teach people, which is the difference between walking through a forest and walking as a forest. If you're walking as a forest, your ability to know the panther is there is much faster, much more immediate than if you're walking through a forest. Completely different way of gaining information. Completely different bodily felt way of sensing what's happening. And the forest is giving you new information too. So um, so your responsibility is greater. So ah, there's a panther that's intending to eat me. What do I do? Of course I run away. Of course I do not engage in 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 um being eaten because i i can return to need it in a flash into my my skin sack and being my skin sack but why i might run away while also being um um uh um engaged in as 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 a forest or as you know what's here what what's possible what are the possibilities here i just had you know i have a, a beautiful dancer friends who have run into bears i've got a beautiful friend who goes off into the mountains by herself for months at a time one of those times she was limping she looked up and there is a, a a mountain lion we have mountain lions here or pumas and the puma looked at her and she looked at the puma and they just stayed there. And she did not back off. She did not do anything. She just stayed there. Did she have a confusion about, you know, eventually they, they parted ways. She did that with a bear, but the bear had food. The bear was eating. And she only had one direction she could go. She had to move past the bear because night was coming and a storm was coming and she had no other choice. So she stood. And she did not. She, she filled the valley. The the little crevice, whatever it was, it was there was nowhere else to go. She had to move past the bear, within uh, quite close to the bear, and eventually, and the bear. What the bear ended up doing was moving up up the wall a little bit to allow her to pass. So, if you realize that you can embrace a a situation with your whole being and that there is communication that can happen there, not by sign language, not by, by, by um, what do they call it, uh, body language, not by body language alone. Body language is important, but it's not going to do the whole job. The job has to be done on a much greater level if there's going to be communication. Body language is only body language. That's like me gesturing in sign language to you. It's a bigger job. It's a job. Contact improv understand it. Contactors understand that. Beautiful contactors understand the job.
0: Nita, I think I brought this example, like not because I think I think that I mean I see, and maybe again, maybe we defer on that, but I see a distinct difference between collaborative communication and competitive communication.
1: Yeah, there is huge. I would agree.
0: Uh, And and the example of the zebra is, I brought it because I think that you know, like I don't think that the notion of individuality is only a product of culture. And I think that there is a certain inherited value or inherited um, emergence for the notion of individuality from the survival instinct, that I have the ability to separate myself from you in order for me to keep existing. But and,
1: but but Matan, if I had survival instinct, I would not engage in contact improv with you. Why not? Because I get killed. Because until I open up what is possible for me as a human being, as engagement, as, as um, 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 physical communication, physical involvement, and mental involved, as a mentally involved skill, until I gain skills, if I remain as an individual, I can't, it's too darn dangerous. But when I am not a zebra and I'm not working, I mean, the contact, what Steve did in uh, the creation of magnesium was he was interested in in, um, reflexes. The zebra's acting reflectively as an individual. Absolutely, I agree. Run away. But we are not zebras, we are human beings. And as human beings, we are self-reflective and we start to learn possibilities of embodiment, new possibilities. To me, embodiment is a technology, I have to tell you. How you are embodied is a technological practice. It is not um, um, merely reflective, reflexive. So, in in the responses, you can be reflect you can you can um, have reflexes, so you can be, be reflective in your actions. You can be um, um, reactive, which there's a time delay there. You can be responsive, there's a time delay there, and you can be communicative There's no time delay there. So reflexive action is what a zebra does, but as a human being, we've got more choices. And Yeah,
0: totally. And, I, you know, uh, Anita, I don't want to come across as somebody who is, like, uh, arguing that uh, no, we are individual and nothing more, because I agree with you. and yeah, of course, I, I do. And I think that... Thank you. I'm bringing it up, I bring it up because I think that, you know, that it's more complex than just, like, you know, the hell with neoliberalism and then we can get rid of it. I think it's more complex than that. And, and then I, like, I
1: would agree with you.
0: And then what I'm interested is in, in, this, in this in in this magnificent differentiation that you've just did there with the different skills that human beings can have in, in relation to events. So so how do you apply it in you know in the context of that the person or the situation is 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 comparative, is that the person inside, the person that I'm communicating with wants to harm me or has like a negative uh, intention toward me, or, or maybe they don't have negative intention, but I don't desire that because we see it, you know.
1: Let me tell I you, I, you that, I hope yeah. that I have skills that you have of, of the martial arts. Because I have to be able to create boundaries. Absolutely, I have to be able to create boundaries. I don't, I, I want to suggest that that's a very important thing. I need to be able to say, it to, to create to somebody, to understand when somebody's attention is placed in a way that is um, unhealthy for me. I want to be the first to know it. I want to be the first to say no. So I'm in complete agreement with you. It's just, um, yeah. I I would, I, there's no just about it. That is a fact. Do, and, and permissions. Absolutely. What are the, uh, you asked me about what is underlies contact. Goodwill underlines contact. The value of goodwill, goodwill for all. You do not enter a dance without goodwill for your partner or your partner's goodwill for you. That is essential. Nothing happens until that is the base.
0: yeah this is a it leads to a very i think to a to a, to a difficult area that i notice that is present also nowadays within the cult the culture in general and in particular in contact improvisation as well because you've mentioned like th- the way you talk about attention and, and what is happening and maybe i i want to quote something that i read in in, a, in in one of your papers that i think that is maybe will lead me to this kind of next question uh as selves become more spatially fluid by choice, we in CI no longer experience clearly defined and independent body minds. And and I think that this is a phenomenon that everybody who is in who, who had some profound experiences in CI can identify that there is this kind of blurriness of boundaries between you and your partner, between your, your the pair and other pairs, between the space and the dancers between the musics, if, if there is live music, definitely between the music and the dancer, and there, there is this expansion, but at the same time, you know, there is a strong shout for consent and for clear boundaries. And it feels for me almost like the, the practice of contacts pulls us towards this multiplicity, but it doesn't offer us very maybe clear tools in relation to boundaries. As in martial art, you know, in martial art, it's so clear. Like, that's the thing you practice from day one. Right. How to say, stop, that's enough for me. Yeah. Also, on a, it's codified in martial art. You know, you can tap. I can tap on your body and it means enough. Right. So how do you address it within the practice of, within your practice, how you address it?
1: You know, it took me really years to address it. I have to say, because I didn't consider it, yeah, I'm talking about in the 70s. In the 80s, maybe into the 80s. Then in the 80s, it started to be a concern. Um, And I realized that the clarity that I was coming to meeting other beings was not necessarily the clarity that they had. I remember one young man coming up to me and saying, how do I deal with the fact that I get a hard on when I'm dancing with people? And I really didn't know how to deal with that at the time. I had, It was shocking to me. I think I was horrible. I think I just was dismissive of him. But he was asking a genuine question. And so the question is, in that moment, what could I have taught him that he didn't know? And what I could have taught him Was that the body as a mind? It organizes according to where attention is placed, and how it is placed. And that when you attend one way, it will it will take you to a one direction. And when attention gets placed another way, it gets placed in another direction. So instead of making this young man bad. Or wrong, or dismissing the question altogether, because I was I would have preferred that I had taught him how to organize his attention in a way that was supportive of the dance, not supportive of uh, uh, um, uh, it's so much sensuality that it became sexual. The issue with contact be- dances and contact um, um, interests becoming sexual is that you, the second that starts to be the goal or even sensuality becoming the goal, you stop asking the questions that can be asked about what else is possible about what it is to be a conscious being, about what it is to be a mind-body that is not a mind and a body, but is in one action, both. So um, how do you, I'm not directly addressing this. How do you, and so let me try and address that, which is how do you deal with consent, the need for consent? And the need for consent is in every touch that you have, every touch. You feel, you. when I dance with somebody, I'm reaching to feel somebody's attention. I'm not just reaching to feel where their mind, mind, the body's going. I'm reaching to know their mind, body, which is their attention. I'm reaching what is of concern to them. What are they noticing? Where, what do they not get? What are they? And the second I feel there is absorption or or interest that is um, has only to do with them, and I'm not included in it. When I'm not included in the conversation, I'm out of there. I'm out of there. I say no. So, teaching that ability to, that high sensitivity to move at the speed of your partner's attention when you're dancing with them, so that you know their attention, so that you understand what they're understanding, that's critical. To do that, you have to be able to move at the speed of your own attention, which you know is an is is a really critical skill but the 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 other critical skill is to be able to move at your partner's speed of your partner's attention and then you're dealing with you know if you say no it's done right was that an answer that helped Uh,
0: i mean it gives me a clear direction and i can relate to it from you know I've, I've watched a, a short documentation about a blind grappler, a guy grappling like the, the art of uh, um, you know, any martial exchange that doesn't include striking, but just manipulation of body. So basically using touch to control your partner. And, and it was interesting that you know, he, doesn't have, he cannot see his opponent, so he has to touch them. And I think that it, it was amazing to see how, what different sensitivity... He's, he has discovered in comparison to people who need to rely on the visual that first you have to see you have to interpret it and then you have to react and i think that this for me is maybe kind of a tangible line to the direction that you're offering about communing and expanding into your partner in able in order to be able to not to not to be separated and if you can tap into that maybe then you can feel the separaten- separ- separatedness from your partner's side. Exactly. And then you can say, now is the time to say no. Exactly. Because he's not with me. Exactly. And if he's not with me, he cannot be considerable about my needs and about... Exactly. But how do you train it? Like what's, give me some, like so, what is the... So you, how, first how do you do of all, <laughs> you
1: have to train that bodies are not just bodies, they're minds. So when you're da- doing a contact improv dance with somebody, you're dancing with a mind, a body mind. And so, when you're moving and when you're making movement choices, that mind is critical to what's happening. What does that body mind understand? How is that body mind understanding it? You, that questioning that that research questioning, that inquiry that we were talking about at the very beginning of this conversation is critical to your understanding of, of, of and creation of this relationship and so when I'm teaching contact improvisation as I'm always doing on some level when I'm teaching that I'm teaching that attention is visible you can see it so I train people how to see attention. I train them that is that it's that it's um, tactile you can feel, where attention is and that you and that as you're moving with somebody your job is to inform your partner about what you're where your attention is so when partners are informing one another not just about what they're doing but about what they're attending to then you get a different a different quality of touch
0: yeah, it sounds like something that demands so much time and space and attentiveness and that it's very subtle and in a way you know like Jiu Jitsu, even though that the practice is to um, strangle your partner unconscious or break their limbs it's much more safe than contact because we are communicating on a very primal level okay i I do that we stop it's like you know everybody can everybody can recognize it i can shout tap and you hear and you stop and and i think that maybe what you're suggesting if i understand it correctly is that we do have the ability to get the same quality of like tapping on a very detailed way but in order together we have to also take some risks because there would be possibility of misunderstanding along the way
1: yeah, that's and, and, inter- that's that's interesting. Well, it, it you know, when somebody is not it, when somebody's out for themselves and is uh, and is self-absorbed, you get it immediately. It's not it, it's pretty clear. It's pretty easy. When somebody's manipulating you, you understand it immediately in their touch. You can feel that manipulation. Can you not? It doesn't take a lot of training to get that. When they have limited what is possible because they can't hear anything but themselves, you understand that immediately. So there's some pretty basic stuff that you can understand right off the bat. That, you're, that, that produces safety. The issue is training people to be constantly seeking to know what's happening with their partner. And you train that right from the very beginning of contact, not just what's happening with you. Because it's not all about you. It's about a relationship.
0: But I don't know if, you know, if I agree with that, because, you know, I think that most of the problem that I've encountered, uh, personally, and also by witnessing others, is especially, you know, there is this kind of typical, I I think this is something I've seen in every scene I've ever been part of, and every city i visited, there is this kind of phenomena, mostly of... uh, I would say, like, there is a certain asymmetry between uh, men and women. There, you, there is one. There is a guy who, that he, who is in personal interpretation of contact improvisation, implies something that is more in relation to sensuality, and that he preys on on beginners that arrive, and they have, not and even though that it, that I agree with you, that it's very easy to sense when somebody manipulating you, they have zero skill to say no, and you know, oh, and then, then are many you, catastrophes happen. So you're talking about
1: beginners now you're talking i'm about- talking
0: about beginners so like so so they're be- so i so and on and this is where i see a very difficult tension to manage because you know this is not a phenomenon that is happening in jiu-jitsu not many people arrive and they feel like oh i've been abused in a jiu-jitsu class when i arrive it's not happening because again w- there is a codification but and I- there is a desire to create uh, yes just to get Excuse to the me. point there I- is a desire about
1: interrupting sorry
0: yeah no, nope, no problem. I, I was born in Israel. I'm used to that. So, <laughs> and 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 so there is a, there is a very cl- uh, clear way of of getting rid of that problem through codification. And I feel that in the contact improvisation, it's almost like kind of a, a, a taboo to to you know to codify and to. You know, every time somebody suggests a way of codification, everybody is alarmed because oh my God, you know, the freedom will be taken or like every, or if we even just want to evaluate people uh, across their, their level and saying like, yeah, like we should have different rules for beginners and advanced. No, no, it's not inclusive. And, and there I feel like there is so much problems.
1: Let me, let me say, I think, you're, I think you're comparing apples and oranges because you're comparing okay. class to a jam. And a jam. People come from from um, um, all these other dance experiences. Um, uh, you know, like what are the what are the? Um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the, the, those dances where people get together, ecstatic dancers come to contact because they see contact happen in their context, and they come to a jam. They don't go to a class. And if they were in a class, it would be a very different thing. So, if you compare to class to class, you might you might um, understand that the teacher is in charge of recognizing that this individual is only only concerned with sensuality and is not concerned with the well being of their partner. Um, If you're in a jam. That's a different circumstance. Now you have people that have no contact training coming in and moving around as if they were contactors, but without any of the background. And so that is an issue. That, I agree, is a real issue. Then they have never heard what the possibilities are and what be- what is expected of them in a, in a jam situation. And then they do, I agree, need, they, there needs to be codification.
0: I take, your, I take your point because, but it's true. There is no place to on a class situation to a gym. But I also want to, I also do a comparison that is in the level of the general culture. And there is an equivalent to a gym in the world of Jiu-Jitsu, which will be open math. It's just people coming, practice, like r- improvising together in couples or more or less. Uh, but there is a clear culture in Jiu-Jitsu that if, you're, if you never took a class, you're not welcome in, a, in an open math. You're just not going to be there. And everybody it's clear like, sorry, come to beginner's class, get a grasp of what we are doing, and then maybe after some time you are ready, but in the in the contact gem, in the contact improvisation there is a certain i think uh, terrific uh, you know that we are being terrified by the idea that somebody will feel that they are not included so that like okay, you've never got contact, you don't know what you're doing, still you're welcome to be part of us and I feel that that's the biggest mistake like you know we are we are doing harm for our own Community by not saying like sorry, the door is not open yet. You know, Please, I I think,
1: I think I agree with you. I agree with you, Matan, because I, I mean I have found it very very disturbing to have people join a contact jam. I mean I I very often don't go to jams because I don't want to get hurt. Why? Because there's people that just throw themselves around mindlessly, not without a clue, and I think that. Um, I, I think I would agree with you completely. There needs to be in a contact jam the determination. you are absolutely invited to come if you've been taking class. And at the point that your teacher says, "Go to jam, go to jam but but don't don't just walk in from ecstatic dance and try and teach contact improv or do a contact improv. And I've seen ecstatic dancers who thought they could teach contact without (laughs) having even taken a class. No, really. Let me show you how to pick a girl up. Let me show you how to pick a girl up and throw her around. And that is what has been considered contact.
0: There's nothing that pisses me more off than this silly comparison. I've I've seen it in several places, like that people say. So what's the difference between ecstatic a sta- a dance and CI? And I'm like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> where to begin? But uh, <laughs> but you know, like what you pointed, and I think that this is again. And I'm not. Uh, I don't want you to get the feeling that I'm trying to to kind of point contradict contradictory things because you personally. But I I, I see it contradictory. This contradiction in me as well. Is that in order to get to a point that it will be a very clear practice that you know beginners they, they just don't come to gems because it's not safe for the for the pit for the advanced it's not safe for the beginners there's a lot of there has to be some codification of what what does it mean to teach contact and what are the rules let's say, but this will completely go against the spirit of what I also in favor of what you're describing this kind of you gave birth to something and now you let it live you don't try to control it and you know there is like the co- contact improvisation is a one of a time phenomena that i haven't seen anything like it you know because there was because of the fact that you don't have this teacher training and hierarchies and then it's like a website and you read the founder and the the senior teacher next to it you know you don't see all this crap you just see you know life yeah. contact improvisation is an is an expression and, of life
1: and it does mean there will be mistakes it does mean there will probably be more mistakes in contact than there will be in in something that has that hierarchical structure. But and mistakes will show up as people getting hurt. And, and then you know something has to change. So it is wise for, you know, I think there could be jams where people, everyone is invited, come and figure out what this is. <laughs> but there do need to be jams where it's limited to people that have trained skills. I I, I just think that both both are possible, and I uh, um and the jams in which beginners are welcome is maybe where they go to explore and see if that's something that might interest them. But that's better taken care of in a class. And those jams definitely need to have some controls to keep people safe, to keep everyone safe, and to keep out predatory action. There are predators that go to, that are attracted to contact jams. And those predators, I mean, that means somebody that's there just to get their, their, their sensual um, pleasures met um, in a way that is usury not a way that is um, uh, generous, a generosity of spirit with each other. That when the other person is not included, there's a problem.
0: Yeah, I would be very interested in spending some time with you in the studio and going into a physical inquiry of those concepts because... uh, you know, my my journey with contact was starting really more from the physical, technical. I, I would say like I, I went through first the contact circus s- s- style, you know, of learning all the moves. And now in my own practice, like what I, because again, like there has been so many evolution already in this short time that I'm doing it. What I, what I am trying to cultivate is something I call communication practice.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's a, That's why I'm teaching relational. Well, I haven't told you anything about the ISSC, the Institute for the Study of Somatic Communication, which is something that I've created, which is as, um, and I've been working with Daphne Erdur as a uh, as a, a co-director, although she hasn't really been participating much this year. But this year has been a unique year. We have to say. Um, but it is a series of dance ensembles, all of which are contact improv-based, but they're ensemble practices. And they are um, research bodies in, in the, a more technical sense of research, research bodies to study how it is we communicate somatically. And that gets in, back into that whole thing about attention and communion. Mm. So yeah, you, you know, I'm it's, with it's you a, there, yeah. I'm totally with you there
0: it will be it will be really first interesting to, to to understand how to have access to your findings and the things that you're discovering and also like and when i'm teaching so what, what i and i and i wonder what how would you react to that because when i when i go to the to this thing that i call communication practice and i kind of outline like really general things i always tell to everybody who comes to study with me that that i cannot teach them how to communicate I can give them a space where they can practice communication, but it's something that you have to teach yourself, and that it's not something that I have the capacity externally to guide you to do what do you think do you think is do, would you agree with it or you think that there is an ability to really uh, i don't know if the word instruction is not the right word but to what how would you say like when can we teach communication
1: well yes yes um you can set up circumstances in which communication exists. Um, And um, for me, those circumstances require, if I'm seeking to move beyond responsive, if I'm seeking to move beyond body language into the somatic, so that it's somatic communication not body language communication if i'm moving into that somatic level i need to teach people how to become how to move their attentional their physical and attentional capacities the physicality of their attentional capacities and when i start to teach the physicality of their attentional Capacities, it starts to interrupt their sense of themselves as a skin sack. They start to have to become spatial. And when they become spatial, that starts to move them beyond simply a knowledge of self as, as what's inside. But self can start to have a sense of um, sensing, as, as self as a sensing. So when self is a sensing, then you then what you sense you are already instead of it thinking of teaching training listening, you train. What are you knowing? What what have you? What's present to you in this moment? So you're teaching presence in a sense, and. Um, that's that that knowing is communication. That is uh, that is when I've received the message. <laughs> you know, I've got it. So that's listening. That knowing is is I've got it. Learning to speak physically and attentionally, that also is a training. And 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 where we have um where i attend i can learn to intend but attention makes intention possible without attention there can be no intention
0: hmm. so from that perspective is ci uh certain form of communication or yeah. is ci a, sp- a space to train communication because you know for, i do i do like when I, I i came from basketball you know that's my 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 first thing that i was doing for many years and there is clearly like tons of communication happening on on very different levels and also now when i'm doing uh, uh, brazilian jiu-jitsu and and i do kind of separate my for myself or I experienced different ways of communication. And I wonder if, if, the, if the significant if what the, what's significant about CI is the type of communication or the ability to actually also train communication as a, as a meta task and not as like a specific skill that could be applied in contact improvisation.
1: I think, um, well, I can only speak about how I teach. And I teach contact, I teach communication immediately as, as a core and base, basic practice. So it's not really commun. It's not, it is communication. It's, it's, it's that uh, responsibility and, and, um, so if I'm dancing with somebody and I'm, and, and I'm speaking with my attention, I'm speaking with my physicality, and they don't hear it, they don't get it, it tells me a lot about who I'm dancing with. And the speed of their response tells me everything. And teaching people to be sensitive to that, to recognize when they're being responded to and when they're not, is really, that's, that's important. An Important because it determines what choices you make. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Are you going to continue this dance? If I'm up on somebody's shoulder and they don't get it, they don't get certain communications I'm giving them, man, I want down and I get down fast. I go heavy, get down. I stop communicating.
0: Funny, that's where I see my <laughs> jujitsu background come into, <laughs> into application when I'm dancing. Which you know that like that, you know like that when I don't want when when I get because I don't I don't know like I've I've had a lot of sometimes surreal experiences in relation to w- how people feel that the you know the touch is kind of uh, welcome to touch my body in ways that it was not always uh, so clear for me and I think that you know uh, the ability to generate space because that's I think something that is almost, or, or I, I've, I've seen it less present in the teaching of CI, the, no, the notion of negotiate, negotiating distance, but it's a core practice in martial art. Like asking yourself, what is the distance between me and my partner? And what is the distance that I want to, like, how do I negotiate it? Do I want my partner very close to me? Do I want them very far away? And of course, there's also like a multiplicity of uh, skills of how to generate their, uh, the desired outcome. So. So, yeah, I said it like when I feel like that somebody, you know, could be that I'm on the shoulder of somebody or that somebody's on top of me or whatever, and I, and I feel that there is lack of listening there. So I sometimes take the choice to, you know, to re- retreat into my individuality and say like, okay, so now there is, a, now I will place a clear boundary between us to, to be clear about where we are. Yeah.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I would do. Exactly. I become heavy. I stop trying to communicate. I get off. I get down. I make space.
0: And and I wonder if you, if, uh, how would we, we, how, and this would be maybe a question to the next time I invite you, because we have already been talking for very long and,
1: Oh is, my god we, we we have so much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you are so great to talk to. Really great to talk to. I love it.
0: it. Is how do we take these skills and and apply them into communication that is beyond the dance space because man like how I, like I feel that it's such a such a challenge nowadays makes me really pessimistic. Oh please
1: no. Okay, well, it is hard times, and I can understand feeling pessimistic. But I think people like you, like me, are, are, um, are seers of, of possibilities. The ISSC is about the future and training across disciplines. Not leaving it just in dance, that's the purpose of the ISSE. So yeah, we've got those those concerns, and there i I, I can see a dance that is um, well off of the stage, that is um, a, a research practice to train what the potentials for embodiment are. And, and, I, and I, here I have to explain the embodiment. When I use that word, I may use it. And it sounds as if I'm thinking speaking about a singular thing, but it's not. There are many, many embodiments and understanding the variety of embodiments, being able to understand what is the person I'm dancing with? How are they embodied? What do they understand as a human, themselves as a human? What do they get? and what are their possibilities they are they're, they're huge and varied and cultural and we want the dance who who can explore that realm better than dancers i don't know anybody martial arts contact and particularly contact based dancers not necessarily limited to contact but extended into a full range of movement. Martial arts contact is very different than the martial arts, but it uses absolutely similar principles. The principles that underlie contact are the principles that underlie the martial arts. The purposes are totally different. When I touch you as a contact dancer, my job is to tell you where I live, to tell you where my, relationship is with the earth, where my balance is, where my um, where my attention is. That's my job. If I'm touching somebody that wants to damage me, they have no right to any of that. And I will not give it to them. But I'm not a martial artist. But we're dealing with the same phenomenon of possibility. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh it's really fascinating, you know. It's like I I can keep uh, looking at it, I guess, for the rest of my life. On this in interaction between different ways of understanding being being a mon- mind body, how you how you say it in your own words. Nita, I wanna give you some space to share with the audience where they can meet you or what are the Places that they can keep following what you're doing. And I mean, because I'm sure uh, that many people would be curious to or to to have maybe a, you know, a more direct experience of the things that you're talking about. So what is what is what the future holds
1: for you? Great. Well, um, probably the easiest way to get in touch with me is Facebook at this moment in time. Also, Instagram is another way to connect with me. But um, um, my website, I, I've been very slow to reconstruct it and get it up there because um, what I am involved in has changed so many times over this last year, um, how I'm doing it, you know, what I want, need that, that website to do for me and for others, how we, how we can connect. But if you if people please persist and go to needalittle.com, dot com, it will come up. I will get that done in the next couple of months. Get that website up there, so that will contain everything. But in the meantime, Facebook, Instagram, needalittle.com dot com or needalittle uh, at Facebook or needalittle. Um, I think it's called Need a Official or Need a Little um, Generating Joy. So I, I, I've done a lot of teaching under the. Under the rubric of uh, generating joy, mm.
0: I will definitely link all this stuff. So, don't this is going to be present? And, and, and is there any at the moment public teaching op- learning opportunities that are open for the public with you?
1: Absolutely. I'm just about to start another composing emergence, um, um, which is a composition class. I am, uh, I always have an ongoing, it's a dropping class called, uh, relational intelligence at home and just write me, need a little, um, at mac.com or need NL generating joy, NL dot generating joy at gmail.com. That will get you to me. Um, um and um the class is on Wednesday mornings from noon I mean from ten to noon Pacific time, which is usually something like um seven o'clock European time. Um or six o'clock in the UK. It might right now be six o'clock European time. I'm I'm losing track. I think it might be it's seven or eight hours different. Uh, right now it's seven it's seven hours different than the UK, eight hours different than Europe. In the winter, it's nine hours difference. But lots of Europeans come to class, come to that class. Um, I will be, yeah, those are my two primary ongoing classes. Um, I'm doing all all kinds of stuff in other circumstances as well. But, um, yeah, I'm also going to be teaching a mind and motion class that's for non-dancers um with Gretchen Spiro eventually at the end of April.
0: Yeah, that sounds really nice, Nita, and thank you. I will make sure that it's accessible for everybody who is listening to the podcast and and from I can really recommend from my whole heart from my own experiences with you that if people have the curiosity, so yeah, take the step and go and learn with Nita and if I'm sure they've recognized that you're awesome if they've been listening by now, but I can also say that it translates into the studio (laughs) because uh, it's not always like that. Some people have great ideas, but their application is not great. But at least what I remember, I really, yeah, you really moved something positive in me when we met. So I I can really recommend. And and I want to thank you for coming here and and sharing this time with me. I really feel blessed by this opportunity. Thank
1: you so much. You have incredible questions. I really love your thinking. I love your physicality. I have to say, Matana, I have loved your dancing. I mean, really loved watching you move. And I'm so happy you're doing these podcasts because you're clearly an interesting thinker as well. So I really appreciate all of it. It's, it's joyful to me. Thank you very much, Matana. to be in communication. Thank you. Yeah.
0: So yeah, like uh, uh, you can expect a, a reinvite here to this space in the future, and yeah and then, until time bring us again together. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nita.
1: Okay mm-hmm.
0: For more movement-related content and educational training programs, visit our website at www.movementlab.
1: Dot eu.